All right, if you are watching this early, welcome to the live show. Right before we get started, I just wanted to say a quick thank you. I doubt that he's watching, but Mr. Bardisi, uh, I had gone to an event last month where they were handing out these glass mugs, and before I even left the event, mine broke. So I shouted out to Bardisi and said, hey, you need to send me one. And today, on my birthday, it arrived with another one in tow. So I now have two of these, and I want to say thank you, my friend, for getting me these mugs. This is not a sponsorship or endorsement of any kind, but I just wanted to say thank you here. So now, let's start the show. Hello, friends. Uncle Marv here with another episode of the IT Business Podcast. This is our weekly live show. This is the show where we try to help IT professionals, managed service providers, all handle their business provide support to their customers and networks better, smarter, and faster. We share product stories and tips, and tonight we are going to do just that. But before we do that, I want to make sure that I get some stuff out of the way because we've got some some distractions that will probably happen this evening. So before we get started, I want to make sure that I say thank you to our sponsors, the, B, the IT Business Podcast is presented by NetAlly, the leader in network testing solutions. NetAlly's innovative products empower network engineers and technicians to quickly and easily troubleshoot wired and wireless networks. You can see them at netally.com. Our live show is sponsored by Computers Done Right, your one-stop shop for all your computer needs in Venice, Florida. Yep, right here. The team of experienced professionals specializes in computer repair, virus removal, data recovery, and much more. Whether it's a desktop, laptop, or network, they've got you covered. Visit today and experience the top-notch service that many satisfied customers have come to expect. Computers done right, your trusted IT partner. And I don't have a slide for this, but... As you know, my good brothers in podcasting over at MSP Unplugged are hosting an event called TechCon Unplugged this September 7th through the 10th. It is a time for networking, learning, and fun in a relaxed, intimate setting. You'll have the opportunity to connect with like-minded individuals, learn from industry experts, and explore the latest trends and technologies that are helping to shape the future of our industry. Head over to TechConUnplugged.com to get your ticket. Early bird pricing only lasts through March 31st. So it is now the 15th. We are halfway through March. You need to get there and get that $199 locked in now. And uh, it's in the state of New Jersey, but I think they're touting it as New York. I don't know how that goes. Between the Jets, the Giants, the the, uh, Yankees. It's all going to be up there, so it'll be a great place. It's at a lovely Marriott. Uh, I found a nice room, and uh, it should be good. And I want to say a quick shout-out to some people in the chat that are wishing me, yes, today is my birthday. I'm podcasting 
on this day. So thank you, Trish. Thank you, Giles. And uh, we are going to continue on with the show. Let me bring out my first guest. You know him as the instigator of chaos, Sean Lardo from ConnectWise. Sean, my man, how are you? Uh, I'm great. Uh, you know what? Insti- I, I mean, I feel like I need like a like a mask and like a wrestling outfit for like my names you give me now. Like, uh, listen, you come up with titles like the Royal Rumble, you know, and we're gonna have to do that. So between that beard and a mask, you uh, probably should come up with a costume. It, and it was the Royale, so we wouldn't get caught for you know and you know stealing the Royal Rumble itself. But it was Royale. Um, and happy birthday. Thank you, sir. Happy birthday to you as well. As our listeners just now found out that we share a birthday on the Ides of March. That we do. I take all the knives out of my house on this day. That way nobody can use them on me and my back. So I'll share this little story and the wife will kill me if she ever listens or if somebody tells her. But years ago, I was sitting in the living room watching TV, minding my own business she was bringing me dinner and it was probably something like a steak or something that needed a knife. So she went back to the kitchen to get the knife and she was holding it in a manner that you're not supposed to hold it. And she tripped and almost stabbed me with the knife. You think that was almost? Uh, I don't know. Don't know. But that was many years ago. We are still here. I'm alive. So thank you, wife, for not killing me. I mean, that, yeah, or else we would not be here together. We would not be sharing our birthday together. Yeah. We would not be able to have random names. Um, and yeah, no, I would be, the world would be a lot lesser without you well, in it. I appreciate that very much. So, Sean, let's tell everybody why you're here, why you're here. Uh, as we did a couple of weeks ago, we brought on uh, the top three. Uh, actually, I think they were the winner of last year's Pitch It contest, and yes. we talked this year, and we're going to have all three of last year's uh, finishers in the podcast, and then we'll be uh, having little podcasts with all the contestants for this year. So tell us how things are, are looking so far. So yeah, so just uh, to get um, to level set everything, uh, I run the Pitch It competition for ConnectWise, and Pitch It is a way for us to look for emerging vendors that are coming into the ecosystem to, to bring them into our ecosystem. Uh, they have to be very much partner friendly, whether they're selling to selling through or selling to and through doesn't matter, but they have to be, they have, be, have to be partner friendly. They have to be in it for the long haul. These companies are companies that are doing everything necessary that MSPs are looking for stack alignment. Right. Um, and they're complementary to our ecosystem, which is very important for us. We're trying our best to make it as much a one-stop shop as you can especially when you're looking for different, different technologies. Almost the same as same concept as Amazon, right? Where they want you to be able to go to one place and find all you need, even though there's all different providers. Um, so you're absolutely correct. Last week or last time we spoke was Alert Ops with Cam, where he was on, in his car doing it because they had their, their, their ice storm, lost power, and he did the whole entire uh, episode from his car. So talk about a trooper. They did take first place. Um, tonight, we're going to be meeting the, the third place finisher, and I want you to everybody understand, too, that there were 18 vendors that were in this competition. We had to they went through 16 weeks of of a lot of education, a lot of development, a lot of webinars, a lot. of We asked a lot of them. They invested heavily in this and we took them 16 weeks through all this. And then we had a, we, the, the Battle Royale 
that we did actually the battle royale and it was with the channel program matt solomon and team and we hosted a preliminary pitch pitch off basically and all 18 teams vendors competed we had to you know we had to eliminate all but three so the three top ones went to the finals at it nation connect last year they uh and they pitched on it live on stage and three judges the three judges were people that are very well known in the space juan fernandez which most people do know of him he's He's huge in the channel itself. <clears throat> Allison Francis, which she's been, uh, which she's now with, uh, oof, I forget she's now. She's with Channel Features Den. <laughs> so don't, you, with. don't you forget live on air. <laughs> I know, right? She wasn't with them then. She was with Channel Features still. So she, you know, she wrote a lot of pieces on everything. So she's very much in the know of the space. And Jay McBain. So three judges end up, they, they sat up, they were there on stage. We had a packed house. We had well over 300, 400 people in one room watching. They, they they became fan favorites, all of them. So you know, and at the end, they they picked the three top three, and uh, the first, second, and third place. And you know, it was it was really good. It was it was a very strong, it was a very strong crew that came through last year and this year. There's some big shoes to fill for our, the, the 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 new class that's coming in. Um, we're we're looking to see how many we get in this year. We already we applications are people can apply now. Enrollment is happening right now until the end of uh, April. So there's still a good month and a half left to go. All they got to go to is to, uh, you Google IT Nation pitch it. You'll find it. It's the easiest way to do it. But, uh, you know, again, we're going to run through the incubator accelerator program again this year. Look for the best of the best and see them at IT Nation Connect in November. All right. And we'll be talking about that tonight and through upcoming shows and again, featuring all of this year's contestants. But let's go ahead and get on with uh, tonight's show. Um, I had teased it. In the promo and the preview, uh, the Humanize It framework, an approach to IT services that prioritizes people over technology, and I dubbed it Have Better Conversations with Your Clients. So why don't you introduce our guest for tonight? Absolutely. And I want to add to the fact that this is so fitting for your podcast, because as you've already said, and you're going to find out once you once you meet my very good friend there, um, that they it is all about the business aspect which I think gets lost in the sauce sometimes in conversation where it gets very technology heavy and features and widgets and whatnot. This is a, you know, it is perfectly aligned with this, with the message you've been, you've been sharing for years now. So without further ado, uh, let's bring on my good friend, the founder, CEO, president, Adam Walter. Adam What's going on, guys? What's up, dude? Oh man. Happy birthday. Uh, happy birthday and no birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Thank Sean, you. Thank you. Yeah, you can't tell, but Sean is taunting me off screen and I, I'm, I'm just, I'm just bitter over here. <laughs> <laughs> well, why are you bitter? Well, one, there's a, there's a, there's something on fire to your, to your right. Uh-huh, and yeah, then there's right. something to your left. <laughs> I haven't, I haven't opened. I wasn't allowed to open it. Nope. You are not allowed to open. That's so more. thank you for following the rules. <laughs> I follow rules, Barb. I'm good at that sometimes. All right. So, so, Adam, welcome to the show. Nice to meet you. And now that Sean has introduced you, why don't you tell us a little bit about you and your experience in last year's Pitch It program? Yeah, I mean, it was a it was a great program. I mean, a lot of times in this in the channel, you kind of get invited to things like, oh, OK, free way to promote yourself, you know, like, hey, pay this much, get this award kind of thing. And so, you know, going into Pitch It, it's like, OK, this would be a great way for me, a, a guy who just came into the channel, 
to get to know people and and we'll see what the ride is. It turned out to be a genuinely good experience. Like this wasn't a pay to play thing. This wasn't uh, any kind of charlatan behavior. It was we actually had to do work. We actually had to learn about how to run a business. And they challenged us. Um, each of the speakers throughout the series challenged us to learn different things. And then by the end, we had to come up with a five-minute pitch. And as, as, my, as my business partner, Skip, would say, like, we had a pitch, an elevator pitch, but it had to be a really tall building. And after pitch it, we were able to, like, just come off the cuff with one-liners. Like, we help, we help engineers and account managers have better conversations rather than presenting uh, strict solutions to their clients. Those little things like that, we can put that resonate. There are a lot of information packed into one sentence. And so it was a fantastic experience um, all the way through the end. All right. Can we, and can we just add to the fact that I said that these were the best ones, that the, the top three were the top three. The, you're absolutely right, Adam. You guys had to work. And, you know, of all the companies, these guys that all went through were all, they all bought in. They all bought into their own growth and their growth and ecosystem. And we put them through hell because he had a tall building of a, of a pitch. And we were like, you guys got, you guys got to trim us down to five minutes to talk about the whole company, not elevator pitch, but you got to pitch the whole company. Why somebody like, if you're going to call with a person today to sell you a service or, or, or a, a product of any sort. And Marv, you know, cause you're an MSP, you've got plenty of pitches from companies. It was literally like if they conducted a discovery and did a demo for you and they had five minutes to do that. Yeah. And the great thing was like, what I wanted people to know is like behind the scenes a bit here, like Sean did a great job of building the community of, of, of the group we were in. We didn't know anybody knew each other before this started. And we should be at each other's throats. Like, you know, we should be fighting the whole time. But instead, like by the end, like Von High and I were like pitching ideas. Like, how are you going to make your pitch better? What are you going to do about your pitch? And um, it was great because by the end, like we were helping each other become sharper. And, and, and we, you know, had fun with it. We get to the end and we all were the best we could do. The, the, you, if you went to that pitch, if you saw the recording or you were at that live event, we could not have pitched our stuff any better. There was, you know, all the cards were on the table. I, I don't disagree. And I would even go for, one step further. And we talked about this a little bit with Cam too. Um, they all sponsored a pre-day event, right? And then when they started collaborating, all three finalists, they worked together and address, really, yes, they had to be able to talk about their product as a standalone, right? We knew that that had happened, right? But then you also, when you're in this space, you can't just be a standalone always. You have to be, you have to be agile and you have to be able to integrate into certain things, right? Because again, if we're trying to eliminate the multiple portal entrances for different places, it's it, it becomes difficult. So not only do they pitch about their own product as standalone, but then they also pitched how they all could collaborate together and how MSPs could use them all together. Because back to stack alignment, right? And then one more level was also also by the way we integrate into ConnectWise. And check this out. So literally, they all collaborated, put this together, and did a pre-day uh, event where they all took turns speaking about their products and how they all stacked on top of each other, essentially. And it was it was it was extremely dynamic. It was extremely powerful. And if you're talking about your business case use use cases, they they covered all of them. So it was for 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 our side from ConnectWise, it was a it was a huge win because it's nice to be able to watch vendors to be able to tell the story of that ecosystem togetherness because it's difficult i mean mar for as long as you've been in the space you see it you see vendors constantly pitching various things and and then somehow you got to figure out the the in between 
and how to, how to get things to work. Well, I mean, yeah, trust me. I just got back from exchange last week and mm. I've got a whole debriefing I've got to go through before I can talk about that. But you know, the, the difference I see with the pitch of competition, the vendors are actually becoming close in terms yep. of friendship, in terms of understanding what each other does, it's, uh, understanding how they can, you know, survive in harmony in the channel and I know from an MSP perspective, we see it all as, you know, vultures, you know, VV, you know, vendors and vultures. And we go to this trade shows and we're in the vendor room and they're all trying to vie for our attention. And this is why we're better than this one. And this is why we're better than this one. And um, it's interesting now being on this side in terms of podcasting, I'm kind of in the middle because I get to see vendors from a different perspective. And most of the time you guys get along behind the scenes. Um, sometimes there still isn't, but it, it, it's the way it is. It's just like any other ecosystem. But this pitch, it seems to have gone to a whole different level of making sure that people understand, look, we're all in this together. And, you know, there are tons of opportunities for business, much more than any one of us can do by ourselves. Same for vendors, same for MSPs. So let's just, let's just get her done. Yeah, I think we, all, we all cooperate and lifted each other up. I mean, we even had fun. If you saw the LinkedIn like posts during the ConnectWise event, like there was pictures of us all trying to kill Cam because he won. You know, like with the with the lightsabers from Vana High. We 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 had fun. Like once the event was over, like in fact when I got done pitching, I went back and I think it was Cam and I sitting there drinking a beer, watching watching Vana High do their duo their dynamic duo pitch, and uh, like we're just back there like okay, <laughs> you know. <laughs> And it was just this, this, and we, but we were, we weren't avoiding each other. We're like, we're genuinely happy for one another. And even after the event, we've all sat down and said, how can we help each other, you know, and lift each other up because of a genuine interest in what the product is. And like, when I'm in the middle of a pitch with somebody like now, I'll be even saying like, Hey, you should check out, you should check out alert ops. That, that would solve that problem you're having. Or you should check out Vamahai. That would solve a problem. And that way we're not trying to be one thing and just sell our Kool-Aid. We're trying to help the MSP. We see an opportunity for an MSP to rise, then, oh, why don't you look at these guys over here? And people are going to remember if you give them a good recommendation. So great, Mm -hmm. great thing here. So let's go ahead and continue on. I want to make sure, Adam, that you and I have some good quality time. We're going to have to kick Sean out of the studio. But before we do, Sean, I'll let you actually listen in on the news segment. Thank God. (laughs) So this is urgent, urgent news, which is why I had to play the music. So updated late March 15th. So that means today, folks. A critical vulnerability in the ubiquitous Microsoft Outlook slash 365 application suite is being actively abused in the wild and demands urgent patching. And there's a CVE number that I'm not going to mention, but basically a CVSS 9.8 bug lets a remote and unauthorized or unauthenticated attacker breach systems merely by sending a specially crafted email that allows them to steal the recipient's credentials. But wait, there's more. The short version... The poison email does not even need to be opened to pop your security. Very bad news. So I'm going to have a link in that show for, uh, for tonight's show that, folks, uh, you need to go patch this right now. CVE 
2023-2337, blah, 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 blah. And I won't go into the whole details. There's two pages of stuff, but just know that it's bad and that users don't even have to open the email. So get it fixed. And as a precursor for something that's going to be happening later this evening, I've got a big old news story here. You see that word, Netflix, if you're watching the live stream. Earlier this month, Netflix announced that a new series is coming to the streaming giant called Florida Man. We've seen all the headlines about a seemingly singular Florida man breaking laws in the most creative ways imaginable. According to Netflix, the show from Jason Bateman's production company, Aggregate Films, aims to dig way deeper into the swamp than a news snippet can. The series will reportedly follow one particular man from Florida. His name is Mike Valentine. He is a recovering gambling addict, and he reluctantly returned to the Sunshine State after a mob boss sent him to find his missing girlfriend. How about that? That's amazing. Florida man lives. I, you know what? I will tell you something right now. You, you, so you asked about these Florida man stories and competing with them. Adam always has stories. Yeah. Just saying. And, and they're, they're very obscure. Sometimes right. are personal. Well, I've got so, a story. I've got a Florida man story here. Let's see if it if it stacks up later. Th- I'm later new to this week. concept of Florida man, so I'm I'm intrigued <laughs> here. That's because he right. lives in he lives mid he's a Midwest guy. I'm a he's Midwestern. Like a we're we're about yeah. as far from Florida as you can get, and not even we don't even we don't even know what an ocean is. There are people in the state who are born and die without okay. ever experiencing an ocean. First of all, you don't need an ocean to have an alligator, and if you could see your green stream behind you. That little river looks like a perfect breeding ground for an alligator. And that little river behind me is about 38 degrees. <laughs> you think that's going to stop a gator? Come on now. Now, if you go a little bit over, there is a hot spring pouring into that alligators could hang out by the hot springs. Okay. All right. So, uh, Adam, let's you and I get a little uh, better acquainted. Sean, I'm throwing you back in the green room. Sounds great. All right. We'll see you in a bit. Ah, don't drink. Oh, oh, you know, he's going to now. I know he is. He's popping it right now, looking at us in the green. I know you can see him, but you he's, tell me he's when gonna he have pops the, that. He's going to have the stogie hanging up there. So, ah, in right. my head. So, Adam, first, first thing is, let me, let me find out if I said the name of your company properly, because I've even heard you guys make fun of it on your podcast. Humanize it. Or humanize IT. It's both. Um, humanize IT is the official trademarked name. Okay. If you want to get down to what our trademark is on the USPTO, um, but we also say humanize it as a as a catchphrase to say like when you're working with your clients, you need to humanize the conversation. You need to humanize your approach to business. You got to stop seeing your client as a technology portfolio. And start seeing them as human beings trying to make their way in the business world. So this is all based around the concept that we as MSPs understand, the QBR. And I'm going to read one of the definitions that I found for QBR. And you can help oh, no. help me. <laughs> is this from ChatGBT? Because it's no, kind I, of- no I, I'm not using that piece. Of, I mean, that thing. <laughs> that uh, thing. 
A QBR, otherwise known as a quarterly business review, is when you sit down with customers on a quarterly basis to review how well you're contributing to their success. They ensure customer satisfaction and keep engagements on a schedule at or under budget and on track to meet agreed upon KPIs. Now, having said that, that is not how I understood KBR or QBRs to be when I first got introduced to them. What's your response to that? I think that the term QBR has been bastardized over the years. Yep. Um, because of like vendor channels. It's something that you should be doing to align disparate groups and trying to help them move forward. For instance, if you read uh, The Goal, 1984, fantastic book, right? Um, he talks about actually discovering your why and what's going on. This is before this whole Simon Sinek craze came out. This is a great book if you haven't read it. Um, and he talks about what is the why? What are you trying to do as a business? And then the end goal is to drive profits, to make money. That's the goal. And so in a QBR, you're trying to line up with how are you achieving that goal and having a checkpoint to make sure everybody's working towards that goal. And you can set KPIs. We get all these sorts of like operational items that come up along the way that, that get us almost distracted from the focus. So QBRs in the technical arena started turning into the KPIs. And they were, they were the goal. They became the goal. How many tickets are we closing? How fast is the internet? How many PCs do we have to replace? The KPIs became the goal. And we lost sight of how are we making the people in the room money? How are we contributing to their success? And that's what a QBR should be, is it should be a cadence that is an easy one to follow. It doesn't have to be a QBR. It should just be a strategic touch point. What are the risks of your client? And what are their sources of revenue? And how are you helping them with both? So when I ask the question, in my mind, I remember all the times when I would hear other service providers talk about, you know, dreading heading to a QBR or, you know, you know, getting all, I want to say the word fret, but that's, it's a stronger word than fret, all worked up because their biggest fear is the customer looking back at them. And the first thing they're going to say is, what are you trying to sell me now? Yeah. Because because for some reason, that's what it all turned into. Yeah. We've trained them. If a, if an, if an MSP provider walks in the room, we immediately clench. Like I was on the other side of the table for a long time. We immediately clench and think, oh, okay, I'm waiting the entire meeting for the pitch. We've all been in these vendor meetings, guys. We're sitting there and like, okay, where's the pitch? Where's the pitch? Up oh, there it is. And so we're all waiting to be sold something. And so an MSP should be walking into a QBR. In fact, not just MSP, IT consultant company, anything you are, whatever you want to call yourselves, should be walking into a QBR with a simple idea of am I learning about the client and how much am I listening? Because the channel wants to sell things to make QBRs more effective. Because if the, the trick is, if you run an effective QBR, if you actually help a company become more profitable, sky's the limit on what they'll buy from you. 
If you say, I will sell you this $20,000 item that'll make you $100,000, you're gonna buy every time. And so this became successful. But then all of a sudden, it became productized. You need to do QBRs to make money. And we lost the why. And so if you sell your uh, PCs and, and talk about what warranties are coming up in this QBR, you'll sell more PCs. And so it became the purpose of a QBR is touching point on yourself. And then it became all about the vendor, not about the client. And in a, in a QBR, you don't have to be a business expert because there already is one in the room. You need to play your part. Your client is the business expert. They know their channel. They know their vertical. You need to listen to them and treat them like an expert. And then take those 10,000 technology solutions in your head, hold them back for just 60 minutes, people. Get a big chief notebook out and a number two pencil and take notes. And then write down possible solutions in your head that's going to help drive their profits and help them reduce risk to their portfolio. So let's go back. You had mentioned that you sat on the other side of the table. So I want to give the listeners and watchers of the video an idea of where you're coming from because you did not come from the MSP space. Nope. So what what makes you the expert? I'm not an expert. I just like I like to learn. Um, I came from the corporate world. I was uh, in IT leadership in the corporate world. Got pulled in, kicking and screaming. I was a bachelor science, computer science, a um, open BSD guy. Uh, I learned to program on Spark, uh, Vax VMS systems. Oh my! I am a nerd. I had a CISSP. I was gold certified at SANS. I was a Nexus Core admin for those top rack solutions. I I was nerdy. And then I got into this leadership roles where I was coordinating massive engineering teams and trying to come up with root cause analysis. And then I got moved into management where I was helping critical infrastructure identify and protect our electrical grid. I spent time doing cloud migrations at Zillow. And so I sat on that side of the table and these vendors would come in all the time trying to sell us stuff. And eventually I missed the small business world. So I went out and started a company. My wife said, hey, you know what? You miss working with small businesses, go back and do it again. You know, so, you know, we were financially independent. And so I said, okay. So I started a company working with school districts, private schools, and underserved communities that needed technology advice from an agnostic standpoint. So I took my IT leadership, this idea that I need to listen to the customers and represent their needs to all of these vendors that were coming in and asking things. And so I would watch MSPs come in and pitch solutions years. And what I saw wasn't pretty, people. The, the, that binder you guys bring in that's pre-printed with Azure explanations and why you love Microsoft. But it's got nice colored Microsoft. it's got nice colored charts. I gotta say, it's pretty. It's good manager <laughs> porn, people. <laughs> but it's a stack of papers at the end of the day. And it went right from my, my uh, client's hands. They put it in front of me. And they say, what do we need to know in here? And I would take it and I would flip to the last page and look at the delivery. And then I would close it and I would continue the conversation with my client saying, okay, what actually are you trying to accomplish? And there was nothing in this report about what my school was trying to do. They were trying to initiate a Chromebook program. And their biggest problems at the end of the day was that their their um, their testing the the online testing that their kids had to do in this elementary school constantly was failing, and no one 
No one asked any questions about what were the biggest issues at this client. And so the, the MSPs came in, they sold this prepackaged uh, kit, and it would set down the table. I watched this at five separate private schools before I got fed up with it and changed it into an RFP process. I actually said, stop. And I said, all right, schools, we're going to start doing RFP processes. And that's when it started changing the tables because it forced the vendors to come in and ask questions. It, it forced them to address the actual problems yep. that you uh, indicated in those RFPs. So that was it. So when I went back and started understanding for myself and I've got another program that's helping me you know, do better QBRs and stuff. And one of the big things is learning to ask better questions. But even before you get there, I think you mentioned it earlier, the first thing is to actually ask and listen, which that's not the way I learned QBRs. (laughs) Because we as IT engineers are used to being the expert in the room. We're used to having people defer to us but you got to remember, people, if you're sitting in the room with a CEO or a CFO, I guarantee, especially if the CFO's in there, I guarantee you, you're not the smartest person in the room. <laughs> you know, uh, it, just because they don't know engineering, just because they don't understand technology the way you do, doesn't mean that they can't calculate ROI on a whim. Because they know their vertical, they right. know their industry, they know all the players in the dog food or the the, the agricultural industry that they're representing. They are attorneys who understand this game they're playing. They don't have time to play your engineering game. So you need to defer to them and let them fill the gaps in your knowledge so that you can meet in the middle and find solutions. And one of my favorite stories I tell people, I took a tier one tech and had them go on a ride along. They came back from this ride along with line crews and found that they're still doing their timesheets by hand. Three years after we did an automated uh, electronic timesheet system because they didn't have internet connectivity in their trucks. So they would go out and they would operate their day. The crew manager would write down and record from each one of the crew members their time. And he would go in and record it at the end of the day and end of the week. And that would cost about 10 hours a week, all because they didn't have internet in the truck. Now, everybody listening to this podcast, you're sitting there, engineers, you already know the solution. Just give them a hotspot. But no one asked the question for three years because they weren't paying attention to what the business was doing. Hmm. And I've got a bunch of stories like this where we took a tier one engineer, not a top tier, not somebody with 30 years of experience, not somebody with all the solutions in their head, just a simple guy a year out of college goes, hey, why don't we give him hotspots? Why wasn't that question asked three years ago when we did the discovery process of what we're doing for electronic timesheets? Interesting. All right. So out of all that frustration, is this the company you started that your wife said you need to get back into? So, you know, if you told me I was going to run a software company, I, I would have I would have laughed at you. I would have chuckled and said, no. Like I told my mom when I graduated college, if I go into coding, just shoot me because I've lost my mind. I, I, I can code. I can read code. Um, I just don't like to code. It's crazy people code but people much smarter than me. So I was an engineer to my core. I love cracking open servers and looking inside. I love doing that stuff. And I sat there and I started a company to do Virtual C, which is the actual parent company, 
do virtual CIO work and to help bring people bring that virtual C-level office to small businesses who can't afford that level of employee. And so I did so well at that that we ended up buying the tool we were using called Managed Services Platform and merging it in 2021. And we went radio silent for 14 months while we rebuilt this thing into a tool that would help MSPs deliver everything I've been talking about very simply. In under an hour, if you go click enroll now on our software, you can deliver a world-class dashboard that will knock the socks off of your clients. So look at that and go, holy crap. In fact, it impressed one of my MSPs clients so much that they came over and bought my software. A veterinarian supply company said, this is so cool. I want to use it to sell to my customers. So we actually do veterinarian supplies now. That's, wow. that's the impact of this. The P, my MSPs are bringing this to their clients and saying, holy crap, this is different. This is what we've been looking for. This makes sense. It aligns with all my business logic. And it, it's easy. There you go. So I've got the link up on the screen for those that are watching. Of course, it'll be in the show notes, managedservicesplatform.com. And let's describe what it is. And, and the very first pop-up that comes up says, we bring MSPs and clients together. Yes. So let's start from there and, and tell us all about it. It's kind of what I've been talking about. You have, um, you have these clients who want to buy your solutions. We, as a VCIO, would routinely take a $1,500 a month break fix and turn them into an eight to 9000 MRR uh, client. Because what we did was we, we said, here's what you need to take your school to the next level. This is how you're going to get to a Chromebook program. You need to do these things. And when they realize that for the cost of an employee... They could have all of these solutions making their day either easier for 70 teachers and, and employees at the school. It was a no-brainer. Now it was easy. We took that conversation and we had it. We acted as the middleman. And now an MSP walked in and we're their best friend because we have we've actually created a market that didn't exist before. Before they were trying to fight for the same level of, of, of clients. Now we walk and we say, hey, look, if you would just sell solutions to this client and have a better conversation with them, it's not about selling anymore. It's about alignment and the sales will follow. What's that called? Client-led sales. If you, like, There's books on that. But yeah. the, you're doing it because you're actually helping them. You're not replacing their PCs. You're not a janitor cleaning up messes and, ch- and changing out light bulbs. You're saying, hey, you know, I see that your teachers are struggling in the classrooms every day. Why is that? And then sit back and listen. Spend some time listening. And it's a conversation. That's what we say. You don't need to buy our tool. You need a big chief notebook and a number two pencil and have a conversation. We just facilitate that, which is why it's easy. There's no big, long coaching program. There's no 300-step process. It's literally that easy. You don't, just today, go into your client. You can actually download this PDF from our website right now. It's called the two Qs. You can go in and ask your, your client, what are the biggest sources of revenue you have and what are the biggest risks to your company? And just sit back and take notes. That's all you have to do. I guarantee it will change the mindset and the relationship between you and the customer because now you're going to have a conversation and you're going to hear things that you've never heard before. And your clients are going to hear things that they've never heard before. 
and everybody's going to win. And you're going to be like, how have we not been doing this for years? And it's because the, the water is muddy. You're trying to follow a process for a QBR that some consultant sold you and said you need to talk about these 10 things and you need to run through a 300 step process. And for $15,000, they'll teach you how to do it. When all you need to do is sit down and listen to your client because they already are an expert in business. Learn from them. Now, you're screened. Actually, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm trying to do two things at once. So for, <laughs> forgive me because I'm trying to bring up the uh, the website so that people can can see here. And it looks like I've got to do a little thing in my Bobby here. But your program is described as a dashboard. So most of the time we understand that we sit back in our offices and we gather all the client data and all the endpoints and what are we doing here. But you describe your program as being able to walk in and share this with them in real time. And uh, look at that. You've got it there here. I'll make this. I'm I'm going to – I'm going to solo you here. And I had this ready because Sean Lardo's on here. We actually created, this is the company. <laughs> there it is. Cigar Emporium. For the, uh, the fall and for IT Nation to show a gap analysis of a client. And the idea here is this is all pre-built. The only thing that you have to actually put in is the gap analysis. This is your own stack that you are putting in place. Mm-hmm. These should be 15-minute conversations. Not We're not talking about 6 RAM here, people. We're talking about high level. Do they have the right service? Do they have the right PCs? What are you doing with the client? Are you going to meet with them on, and do business strategy with them? What's their budget over the next couple of years? If they did everything they need to, what would that look like with them? How do we get them? to where they need to be. And this is a dashboard because what you're seeing here is the shareable version. If you go to my website right now and click on dashboards, you can actually look at this live and you can click around it and see how this looks. You can actually experiment with this. And that is, it's, it's what's called a dashboard. We keep it in four columns because it keeps it simple. If we as engineers are given infinite space, we will fill this crap up and it will get overwhelming and your clients will be overwhelmed and they won't buy anything. Instead, you're going to bring this up and you're going to talk about, hey, let's talk about your company and what your biggest struggles are, knowing that this is your baseline. We're not talking about firewalls here. We're not talking about servers. We're just saying, hey, here's the baseline for your company. Here's your budget. Now your client can see at any given point in time where their projects are, what budget they're looking at financially. And then if they want to click down into asset management, they can, which is important from a CFO standpoint. But this gives you a holistic picture that you've never, your client has never seen before on what their portfolio looks like. Now that that's out of the way, you can sit and have a conversation. Don't talk about tickets. Don't talk about technology. This has already been solved. This is already a baseline that you you have in place. Now let's talk about the client. Let's talk about you. You know, we talk about like, it's kind of like a date. You know, you're on a date. Are you there just to talk about yourself the whole time? Or are you there for like a, a conversation and acknowledgement? If you treated your dates that you go on with your, with your spouse the same way you treat your clients, would there be a second date? This is making the conversation happen. It's a dashboard. No more reports, no more big stacks of paper, just simply a single pane of glass so that you can discuss what's necessary. Now, while you're in that, in that conversation, you can click and like change these to make it fit the fit what the client is looking for. It's all about business. It's now, all about coming up with business strategy. Now, let me ask the the technical questions from an MSP standpoint in terms of 
how do you build that? Because we, you talked about the fact that you're not doing, you know, we're not talking about firewalls, but yet we've got to talk about endpoints and servers and this and that. And here's our gold, silver, bronze plan. Um, so in terms of building this dashboard, where are you getting that information from? Are you, are you uh, integrating with uh, the PSA or the RMM or IT glue or stuff like that? Yeah. So, so as you can see, what we what we've kind of been building is this idea um, that IT providers are very familiar with. This dashboards. You you work with Brightgate. You already work with a seam. You've built dashboards. What we want to do is build an account management dashboard that can plug into tools and pull out. So, one of the great parts about being in the Pitcher program is the fact that we got into the um, Invent program. And that allows for great API calls. ConnectWise Invent, go check it out. They do a great job. Of their, their devs will support you. They'll help give you insights. And you can have regular meetings with them. They'll actually troubleshoot your connection with, their, with ConnectWise people. And we can pull in that inventory information. We can pull in those opportunities. We can pull in the clients so you don't have to double do on the data. Oh, wow, that was a double D data. <laughs> Alliteration triple, for the win. Triple people. D, baby. <laughs> All right. So what happens is we are trying to make it as easy as possible because one of my core things is I'm lazy. I don't like to redo things. So we at we at Humanize IT have drawn the line of operations. The PSA is your operational framework. That is where you're going to do all your business. We don't want you to do it again. What we are is a single pane of glass for account management so that your account managers can show your clients the value of that you're bringing to the table and then ask the clients, hey, what can we do better? How can we serve your profits better? How can we align better? We Everything's taken care of here. Now let's just have a better conversation. And you can build those dashboards to represent anything you want. And as we continue to grow, and as MSPs ask us like, hey, you know what would be really nice if you would uh, work with Hoodoo or work with Vanahai and get a widget that showed our clients this score on that single pane of glass, that'd be great. Our back end has been completely reworked so that we can practically plug into anything. As long as they've got an API call, we can create a widget for it. Nice. Now, we're going to run out of time here, but I do want to talk about a couple of things. One, you've got the QBR toolkit that's listed on the website. People can learn everything they need to on how to use Humanize It. Um, for free. QBR orientation, live training, all included there. Um Cheese and crackers. We have a lot of free materials because we genuinely want to change the industry. We genuinely mean it when we say you can do all of this with just a big chief notebook and a number two pencil. So you can go to our website and you can download PDFs that will help guide you through this. And they're very nice looking. We had a graphic arts company redo all of them. They're all free. We also have like lots of training. We have a active YouTube channel. We just convert everything over to YouTube this summer. So our numbers are low. So please like and subscribe our stuff. <laughs> well, and we've got a link we'll put up here, right here. YouTube.com yep. slash humanize IT. So there it is. So you we can just go there. Everything off of Wistia. Wistia. What's that? Yeah. Something like, yeah, it was a, uh, <laughs> It was a video aggregator. We were able, it was, it was the back end. So when I bought the company, they had all their videos on the back end and we load everything in like, no, I'll just put it on YouTube. And so we did the summer. I hired an intern and her only job was to watch anime and upload videos to YouTube. Yeah, that's a cool <laughs> job. 
hundreds of years. Cool. Okay. It was probably, she probably thought she won a million dollars because that was literally her job. Watch anime and upload videos to YouTube. And that was her summer job. <laughs> all right. Well, folks, I'm going to have the links all here. Again, they've got a YouTube channel. You guys also have a podcast um, yep. that you you guys do. Um, and you've got, what, 140-ish? 142 this yeah. week. So we uh, we've been doing really well. Um, we were we got some awards from Spotify last year as a lot of like one of the top contributors to tech content on Spotify right now. All right. So it's a weekly podcast every Monday meant twenty minutes for a drive time for you between sites. And I'll I'll say a couple of the episodes that I liked. Uh, you've got a two parter, uh, two thirty eight and two thirty nine, putting the B back in QBR. And then I actually read one or listened to one, 235, The Biggest Problem Facing MSPs Today. Yeah. And I like the fact that you guys talked about how we've lost sight of not just the QBR, just our role in general, that we have become resellers to our clients and not partners and providing solutions. We're just trying to resell, you know, whatever gets us the most margin. So. Yep. And we've trained our clients to see us that way, too, because of that commoditization of, of, of MSPs. We are training our clients to only see us as resellers and VARs rather than what we used to be back in the late 90s, early 2000s. We used to be the answer people. Hey, how do I do this better? Is there a technology that will solve this problem for me? So, folks, you do want to go listen to those as well. And you might actually hear a word called hubris which I was quite intrigued when I heard that. That was a word that I hadn't heard. And my wife and I were watching some TV shows and for like a year, we, that's all we heard was everybody was using the word hubris and then it disappeared. And now it was back on your podcast as one of your three pillars of something. I don't remember what the others were, but uh, it's the three great virtues, hubris impatience, and laziness. They are in the um, the Pearl uh, handbook as definitions of what a great programmer, the core attributes should be. You can actually Google it, the three great virtues of a programmer. It'll break them down. Hubris, excessive pride, the ability to do things so well, other people brag about them. All right. I'm not that much of a geek, so I have no idea what the Pearl handbook is. <laughs> the O'Reilly handbook. There's people listening to this podcast right now. They go, oh, my gosh, he's an O'Reilly guy. That's a nerd. Yes, Listen, you are my people who know what the O'Reilly handbooks are. I, I get enough grief for not watching enough Star Trek or Star Wars. See, I get them confused. That's how bad I am. I just so, went to a Star Wars concert just this last Friday. I dressed up like a Jedi. Whoa, 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 whoa. Concert? Yeah. Star Wars concert. Full-on orchestral concert. Strings, everything. They did a uh, tribute to John uh, Williams earlier in the year. Okay. And then they did a Star Wars tribute this past week where they did all the Star Wars songs throughout the ages. And then um, you were allowed to come in dressed up. So I dressed up like a Jedi because I have a great Jedi cosplay. And I took a purple lightsaber um, custom made. And then my, my daughter dressed up as Leia, and she brought in a blue lightsaber custom made because I'm that much of a nerd that okay. I have two lightsabers. All right. You, I was just about ready to uh, chastise you for being a grown-up dre- dressing up in costumes, but your daughter. I get it now. Check my – I think I put it on my LinkedIn or my Facebook. I'll, if, <laughs> if it's not on my LinkedIn, I'll put it on my LinkedIn, all of us dressed up. <laughs> Somebody will find it and send it to me and remind me, dude, get with the times here. 
All right. Well, Adam, thank you very much. I'm going to bring Sean back in. Uh, first, let me see if he's decent uh, before I bring <laughs> him back on the show. Here. Background's on fire. <laughs> he's going to chug a lug in there. I, well, no, I maybe a little. Yeah, maybe a little. I was I was lonely. Yeah, you were. Right? You, you're never lonely if you have a cigar. You know what it is, is I know you like to talk and it probably just, you know, burns your bottom that you got to sit there in the green room and be quiet. <laughs> no, it was it was actually very inform- informative. I, I had to look up the word hubris. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I Like, ready? In Greek, excessive pride toward the defi- or defiance of the gods leading to emesis. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it says there. Just saying. All right, so we're going to be running out of time here, so I'm going to uh, allow you, Sean, to open up your drink here on our birthday. And you just heard the pop. And, yes, I'm doing a Yingling Light Lager. Sounds like I was drinking already, doesn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I am having some more scotch. All right, and... Adam, do you want to tell the people what you're having, or should we keep that a secret? Uh, no, I'm having Spiritless uh, Kentucky 74. Uh, it's alcohol-free whiskey. Like it says, Spiritless. There's no spirit involved in that. No <laughs> it's, spirit. It's no no teen spirit. Does it smell like teen spirit? As long as it doesn't smell like worth. teen spirit. <laughs> doesn't smell like teen spirit at all. Not at uh, all. Yeah, well, at happy all. birthday again. Yes. Happy birthday this time you. Thank you, sir. No, you have a oh, oh, what is that? That is the new sound for my Florida man segment. That's <laughs> <laughs> the sound of an alligator. And so, Adam, this is usually the time in the show where we do a Florida man challenge or random question. Now, we didn't prepare you for that, so I'm not going to, you know, subject okay. you to that. But Can this is the Rasta Man challenge. So, the, <laughs> so this is where I would ask the guests to find a story that is local to their area, and we would do a challenge against a story that I would pull about a Florida man. And I have the restriction of only the last thirty-six hours that I would uh, do my uh, Florida man search, whereas the listener can you know pull stories up from five years ago. But tonight, I'm just going to read the story and not do a challenge. And uh, so what happened is, do you guys know Worth Avenue in Palm Beach? So Worth Avenue is basically the Rodeo Drive of the East. So very expensive street on Palm Beach. All the big, expensive, lavish stores there. You probably can't wear jeans in half the stores because you have to have money. But a man who said he was from a different earth was found walking up and down the streets of Worth Avenue naked. I'm sorry. I'm just so he had just walked past the establishment with his genitals in full view of the customers who were trying to enjoy their meal. Uh, This was in the shopping and dining district on Worth Avenue at the Taboo Restaurant. So the Palm Beach Police Department was eventually uh, called in, and they were uh, asking the gentleman who he was, 
and he refused to give them his name, saying that he was from a different earth. And uh, they took him into custody. He was booked and held on $1,000 bond. So Wow. I, I really love that if you ever feel bad about any of your decisions in life, you just have to look at the state of Florida and you'll find <laughs> a million ways to make yourself feel better. I've heard that. Yeah. It just, it doesn't make any sense. The amount of stories and Marba, I talked about the one day they, at one point they had a challenge where they said, Google your birthday and type in like Florida man or something like that. And there's a Florida, there's a Florida man story for every day of the year. Yeah. Pretty much. Of almost every, of almost every year. Yeah. Like it doesn't, it is absolutely amazing. I just don't know how it just happens there. It's, well, you know, it's really hot and there's nothing else to do. <laughs> there's all kinds of stuff to do. Like yes, We got Disney in the middle of the state. Come on. Yeah, you got so much to do between you can be boating, you can be skiing. We've got, a, skiing we've got a tech conference here every week. Come on. True that, too. You have all kinds of conferences. Yeah. It doesn't make sense to me, like, how they find that kind of time. And why are people so not normal? It happens. So... <laughs> You don't have to have a story to challenge that, but I had to at least get the story out because uh, listeners are always trying to send me stories. Dude, did you see that? Yeah, I did. Okay. How many times I, have you been the Florida man? Um, once. <laughs> once in the 80s. And, was that, not and that, is an, that is an unpublished, undocumented story. <laughs> oh, there was you know a Florida man that day. Yeah. And can we acknowledge that the newfound word today was manager porn? You guys have never heard that before? I've never heard that before. Oh, my gosh. So if you're ever in a meeting, right, and you see a bunch of graphs on the screen on some PowerPoint presentation, it's always a PowerPoint presentation. It's a bunch of graphs that are absolutely meaningless. Like, there's no actionable thing, but they look great. And you know somebody poured so much effort into lining up these graphs and putting them up there, but they absolutely add zero value. And you watch these at tech tech conferences are the worst on this. We closed this many tickets last year. It's like, what does that allow me to do? Like, how can I, how can I actually do that? So you're watching something that you could do nothing about. It's manager porn. I, I appreciate that. I love it. I think it's fantastic. So always when you're creating a presentation, think, can my audience do anything with this data? Or are you creating porn? <laughs> it was just sloppy and everywhere. Got it. If I walk away from this industry contributing one thing is to get rid of the manager porn. <laughs> you don't I love it. You're doing oh, it, people. <laughs> All right, Sean. So you uh, heard Adam and I chat, and do we do yep. uh, humanize it a good justice here on the podcast and explain everything and. I would yeah I would say yes. I just hope that you know, regardless of humanize it or anything, I think it's important just that MSP start adopt the fact of what this really is about. It's te- it you know, long time ago in my career, I was learned to train my clients, not in a bad way, but train them on the best way to interact. And I feel like first off, QBRs are a good cadence to start to develop a a, a rhythm and training into going and talking to your clients. And when you're the MSP, you are the IT partner. You are. You're the tech partner, regardless. You should be treating it like you're in that boardroom, just like if they were an internal staff, that you were an internal staff of that company, and you were the IT, the CTO, the CIO, the whatever, 
That's what that that's what you're there for. So you should be having business conversations, not technology conversations, business conversations. Pretend technology like, subsequence. Pretend like your paycheck depends on their success. Absolutely. Exactly. If they fold, you're done. So yeah. yeah, thank you for putting that up. And remember, if you two want to hang out with cool people like me and Adam. You want to, and, and also Marv now too, because now Marv's saying, part of the family. It's my show. You need to be more respectful. Part of the well, I was about to say pitch it, you know, in general, but you're part of the family. You okay. Know? Like, the whole pitch it family, like they should apply. That's how I was going with the link. Yep. And I've got the link up on the screen and it will be in the show notes. And you can go and sign up uh, through the end of April. Apply now. And, and also, I have two lightsabers myself, just so we're clear. Um, are, they, are they purple? Uh, actually, one is lavender. Yes, it is. Oh, yeah. lavender. Does it it's have lavender. the inscription? Is the, is the other mauve? No, well, I, I, that'd be nice if we had a mauve one. It'd be kind of cool, <laughs> but, you know. Um, you, um, do you know what the inscription is supposed to be on your purple lightsaber? No. Look at, you have to Google it. I don't know if I can swear on this podcast, so. I'll look it up. Sure. I'll look it up. <laughs> what does oh. Sam Jackson's lightsaber say? What, no, he said you could swear, so go ahead. Bad motherfucker. Yes. Okay. It's on the bottom of Sam Jackson's lightsaber in all the Star Wars. All right. That makes it's great. Sense. It's Sam. It's Sam. Samuel Jackson. That's why it probably screams it. Actually, of it's course. All, it's in all caps. <laughs> <laughs> it's in all caps. You know, That'd have been cool if it had said TikTok. <laughs> you know, it, and also it's Star Trek and not Star Trek. Star Trek. Whatever, dude. But you know, <laughs> whatever. Just know that the next movie is coming out in 2024 and the wife and I will go see it. No, uh, Star Trek Picard's out right now. Season three, you can watch it. It's fantastic. Has it is fantastic. It as I a- agree. Um, no, that's that's on that's on Paramount. It's the final season. Yes, it is. It's the final see, season. Yeah, I know, I know that much. I, I'm glad. <laughs> that's that's because he was at a wine, he owns a wine, he owns like a winery. That's why yeah. you know that. All right, we're going to go ahead and end off the show. We're going to continue chatting about these things as I get corrected on all my star asterisk series, movies, yes. whatever. Okay, um, we can go down the board game route and really school you. Yeah, of course you will. <laughs> so I want to say uh, on behalf of my good friend Sean Lardo and my new friend Adam Walter from Humanize It, thank you guys for watching, listening. Uh, if you want to know more about the show, head over to itbusinesspodcast.com. You can catch some past shows. You'll find all of the links to things that we discussed today. And we will be back next week. What are we doing next week? I think I'm going to talk about exchange and my time there. And uh, we're going to be starting a new go. series on IT etiquette. So we're going to talk about stories and what things that we as IT providers need to do better. And uh, I'm in. You need a guest star. You let me know. I'll talk about (laughs) IT etiquette. (laughs) All right, folks, that's it for the live show. Uh, Thank you much. And we'll see you next time. And until then, holla. 